Natural Selections is supported by Tug Hill Tomorrow Land Trust, helping kids and their families fall in love with nature. Learn more at TugHillTomorrowLandTrust.org. When I was in college, which was a while ago, in the 70s, I took an ornithology course, and to see a raven was, you know, like supreme. Like that was the thing. You had to go somewhere. We went to the Atlantic coast. I mean, it was a big deal. Then in the late 70s, I discovered them along the cliffs of Lake Champlain, where my my parents live, and now I have them in my backyard in the rural agricultural St. Lawrence Valley. And I'm just astonished that this wild creature is so close to me. I I know it's a raven because when you see the ravens and the crows, because you see a black, big black bird up in the sky, and it could kind of be either, but when you see them together and the crows are always chasing the ravens, you can tell ravens are big. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of folks confuse them, and it is hard to tell when they're kind of apart from each other. But uh, basically, the rule of thumb would be if you do see them next to each other, it's easier. So the the ravens are like half again as big as a crow, and they have a heavier looking bill, mm-hmm. and uh, oftentimes they have a little more ragged looking. Um, throat feathers. And then the tail is shaped differently, but that's pretty hard to see unless you really get a clear on sort of silhouette. The ravens have a, a wedge shape, kind of a pointy point thing on their on their tail and the crows don't. Yeah, I always heard that thing about the wedge shaped tail, but it's so funny because in my imagination, I turned the wedge sideways so it looked square. <laughs> so that doesn't look wedge shaped to me. No, it's like you said, it's kind of pointy. pointy on yeah, the end yeah, there. Okay, so those are ways. And then their voice is different really different too. And so like you were suggesting, if you see crows and ravens together, usually it's several crows chasing one raven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So oftentimes crows are in big numbers. Ravens are in ones and twos usually, but their voice is different too. It's more of a croaky sound oftentimes. I'll um, tell you what the voice is like when the fledglings leave the nest. We, this is how I discovered that we had ravens in the in the backyard really. The young, I have this app on my phone that has bird calls, and I kept hearing this, ah, this incredible screeching, hollering. The dog ran out, started barking. It was incredible. <laughs> and it was a fledgling raven. Apparently, after they fledged, they chased their parents around, <laughs> demanding food for weeks. <laughs> These huge babies are, then they're, they go up and down the stream bed and... Gosh, it's quite a scene. Yeah. So there, there are some some pretty big differences, and and uh, there are certainly more of them in the North Country since, as you said, about the 70s. Mm-hmm. About a hundred years ago, their populations were way down in North America for multiple reasons. Uh, they tend to usually like you know pretty heavy forest cover, and a lot of the Northeast was cleared away, mm-hmm. and also people would shoot them and things like that, and so. Now, they're, they're, no one's totally sure why they're spreading, but uh, one idea is, you know, the forests have been growing back. They're less likely to be shot, but also another idea is that they're getting used to having large numbers of people around. Kind of like uh, in the old, old, old days, centuries ago, they used to follow wolf packs around or, mm-hmm. you know, follow predators and then eat the leavings. So they're kind of scavenging that. Yeah. Well, it turns out now they can kind of feed pretty well by following us around. So you can watch them along roadsides, sometimes even flying down the middle of the road patrolling for roadkill, which, you know, they're they're mostly eating mm-hmm. dead animals and things. And what a great place to look for 
as far as they're concerned, it's the same as mooching uh, the kill of a moose by wolves or mm-hmm. something like that. Well, I'm glad, you know, when I, I, I've talked about this screeching fledgling call on, on the air at our radio station, and I got emails from people all over uh, our region who have who know they have nesting ravens, and I was really astonished because I had not known that there was this upswing in the population. Is it upsetting any other creatures that have come to live without ravens, mm. like crows? Are, are the crows okay with that? Well, the crows tend to chase them off their property, basically, so you can watch those interactions. The crows are yelling and the ravens honking as it flies away being <laughs> right. pestered but yeah there are other there are other problems um in areas where there's some uh species in trouble like certain kinds of terns nesting seabirds or desert tortoises when the babies come out mm-hmm. they're vulnerable to raven predation and that actually is a problem and people are trying to figure out ways to reduce that without necessarily shooting them or something and one of them again comes down to our role which is that uh, by getting people to maybe not be so messy when they're having a picnic or leaving their food scraps out in those areas where these other species are in trouble. If you do less of that, it's less likely to attract ravens, which then means they're less likely to find those little animals in trouble too. So they're adapting to us, and maybe now we have to adapt to them. Natural Selections features retired NCPR News Director Martha Foley and Dr. Kurt Steger of Paul Smith College with Natural Sounds by Ted Mack. The program is produced by North Country Public Radio and is underwritten by Paul Smith's, the College of the Adirondacks, 800-421-2605.